Well, welcome to Podcast Tips. I'm Rob Greenlee, and I thank you so much for joining me here today again for my fourth episode of the show. And I'm excited to to get on the line here and talk about a very interesting topic that uh, has everybody a buzz out there right now, and that's artificial intelligence. And wanted to converge in a lot of ways, kind of this topic uh, with podcasting. And so in this episode today, I have a very special guest with me in in my fourth episode, and there's a lot more to come in subsequent episodes of this uh, program. And I'm very excited to bring Mr. Larry Roberts up to the uh, stage here and, uh, and have him join me. Uh, and we can kind of get started talking about you know, AI stuff, but I, I first wanted to just share a little bit of information about Larry Roberts. He's the founder of uh, Red Hat Media uh, and is a distinguished figure in the podcast industry for a variety of reasons. And and that's why I'm excited to have him here is because he's really focused on kind of the, the AI stuff, but he's also helping a lot of podcasters kind of kind of get started. And, and he's very, I think the big thing that makes you really stand out, Larry, is your red hat. Uh, to be totally honest with you, but there's a lesson to be learned from that. So that's that's exactly what I wanted to to talk about here is is to really kind of share this this secret, I think, to some degree that you have, Larry, that you've been able to kind of focus on and and bring attention to what you're doing. And I think it's an interesting concept of what you've been, um, you know, kind of doing. Uh, with your red hat per se. And yep. I certainly want to dive into that. Yeah. But, I, but the real substance of this show is really going to be about AI. So stick around w- with us. Um, there's going to be a, a kind of a drawing at the end for some StreamYard swag. So like a like maybe a sweatshirt like this one uh, that has a little hoodie. And How do I get in on that? Can, can I, I get in know. on that drawing? I mean, I, I was actually going to bring that up because I saw, you know, your little animation before the show started. You have your stuffed StreamYard duck in the background on your shelves. You got the pillow. You got all the cool StreamYard oh, swag, man. Well, of course, right? I got to bring the I, I got to bring the goods here. If I'm going to do a live show on the StreamYard channel, I have to be all in on StreamYard, right? So yeah, most kind of, definitely. Kind of what what it's all about for me, but you know, as many of I'm sure listening to this know, I'm a longtime podcaster. I started podcasting in 2004. Um, that was back in the very, very, very early days of podcasting when it was all audio, right? I was on the radio yeah. back in 1999 and kind of carried it through and and continued to work primarily on audio. But over the last few years, I've I've really gotten into video more, and increasingly, you know, with my new media show, which has been live streamed. Uh, for about 12 years now on all these platforms. So I've been really kind of moving towards video more and more and building out my own home studio and stuff. And I think I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but it's it's been a journey for me and it's really exciting to to get involved in working with a live streaming platform like this because I, I so enjoy live and I so enjoy viewers tuning into this, um, this live program. And we can have a conversation here. We, we can talk about these topics. You know, I've got a terrific guest here that can give some insights. I've been playing around a lot with AI tools too. And, and I think we can really help you. And I'm going to share some 
examples um, of actually going to platforms like a chat uh, with GPT and and showing what a query looks like and kind of what those capabilities are. And, and hopefully, Larry, you can kind of help me massage that to get the most out of it. But um, so so anyway, um, I think I'm going to uh, fade that music in the background because I think that people uh, kind of um, have been annoyed by too much of that background music. But, uh, you know, it's one, one of those things, you know, make, make this show a little bit like a like a video game or something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it's, I think it's got a good feel to it. Yeah, so uh, Larry, I wanted to bring up uh, kind of your website really quick to kind of build this picture of who you are. Yep. But this is your your Red Hat Media website, and it's really all about kind of showcasing your your background and your experience and the things that you're involved in. And um, so how did you kind of discover your passion for podcasting, um, what was that journey for, for you? And it'll kind of set the stage a little bit, and then we, we can really fully dive in. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the revised version. Um, okay. you, got about, you got about 10 years on me in the podcast game because I started in 2014. And uh, I got started because a friend of mine that I worked with, I was still in corporate at the time, uh, I'm a big fight fan, especially the UFC. And uh, if you don't know, Joe Rogan, also a podcaster, is also a commentator for the UFC. And a friend of mine, he kept hammering me to listen to this Joe Rogan podcast. And at the time, I just did not have the patience for a podcast or any interest whatsoever yeah. in a podcast. I had other things going on. But I finally gave in, and I listened to an episode of Joe Rogan. And on that episode, he had a couple of comedians. It was Joey Diaz, and it was Tony Hinchcliffe. Joey Diaz has his own podcast, and Tony Hinchcliffe has one of the largest, if not the largest, live comedy podcast in existence today called Kill Tony. Um, I was blown away at what I heard on that podcast because, well, I'm 51, and I grew up in the 80s, and I grew up on comedy of the 80s with the Sam Kinnisons and the, and the Dice Clays and the Robin Williams and all the greats from that era. Yeah, And the comedy that I heard on this podcast was very reminiscent of the comedy that I heard in the 80s. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You mean I can have a podcast and I can tell these types of jokes and not go to yeah. HR? This is freaking amazing. <laughs> so within no time, I went out and I probably bought the worst microphone you could buy for a podcast. It was a Yeti Snowball. And I got me a co-host and we shared that one mic and we recorded the very first episode of my very first podcast. And it was pretty funny because we took that snowball, which if you haven't seen one, it literally looks like a snowball. It's about oh, the size yeah, of a softball. Yeah. Well, I know you have, but for some of the listeners, maybe yeah. they haven't seen it. And it's about the size of a softball. It's white. But we took it off of its little tripod stand and we we cupped it in our hands and we gently spoke into the snowball. And I would say my piece and then I would gently hand it over to Jamie and he'd say his piece. <laughs> and we passed this snowball back and forth. For about an hour and a half. And yeah. uh, we ended up listening to that episode and realized that, man, we might have taken it a little bit too far. And that episode never got released. But <laughs> we did tend to dial it back a little bit. We invested in another microphone. And before you knew it, we launched our very first podcast. And it was a ton of fun. And it was a comedy podcast. And it got me started going to where I'm at today. So uh, it's been a very, very long journey coming up on nearly 10 years next year. Yeah. Long about probably March, April-ish of next year. And uh, it's been an awesome adventure. 
Yeah, and I see that you have an active podcast right, right now with a co-host, it looks like. It's called Branded. So, I do. I do. And I, do I think that's a- an awesome tie-in for you because I think that's what one of your special secret sauces that you have is your ability to help people um, brand and maybe personal brand, right? Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, the Red Hat really has made an impact, especially over the last two years. It's been around for about two years now. And it cracked me up when you were introducing me. That's why I started laughing so hard because you go, you know, Larry, he helps people launch podcasts. But what he really does is he has a red hat. <laughs> like he, he he's not that great yep. at podcasts, but he's got a really cool red hat. So it kind of yeah. cracked me up the way the introduction went. But yes, uh, when I, I donned the red hat, it changed everything. And Within a span of about five months from the very first time I put it on, I immediately started being recognized as the red hat guy or the podcast guy. And uh, it really got driven home when I I went to I, I put the hat on for the first time in November. And the following March, I went to Bitcoin Miami, which is a massive Bitcoin conference, 30 plus thousand people in attendance over several days. And during the time that I was there, I was a content creator. I was interviewing speakers and interviewing attendees. And uh, over that three to four days, multiple people who I did not know walked up to me and said, oh, you're you're the podcast guy. And I'm like, how'd you know that? And they go, well, the red hat. And that's when I knew that I had something with this hat and I had to build on it. And I continue to build on it today. But that's pretty much what led us down the the pathway to Branded. Uh, My co-host is Sarah Losey. Her and I, we work together to launch Branded Podcasts for clients. Uh, Sarah handles a lot of brand audits, that sort of thing. I do some podcast audits on the side as well. So together, we make a pretty pretty strong powerhouse. And it's kind of interesting because, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm 51. She's a whopping 28 so we have this nice generation gap there, a couple of different perspectives on branding and, well, life in general. So it makes for some fun conversations. Yeah, I'll bet it does. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, the, the, this whole concept of um, branding yourself and building a personal brand is very important for podcasters to kind of get a handle on, right? Because at the end of the day, really, every podcast is really about the host of the podcast, Sure. Right. And and if you want a regular audience coming back to your show, especially if it's an interview type show, you need to build a reputation with your audience that will keep driving them back. Because as the guests kind of funnel through, it's kind of hard to have the audience have loyalty to guests. Right. So, you know, what's going to keep them coming back? It isn't just, you know, some cool topic. It's got to be the host of the show that's got some personality that likes right. to connect with other people likes to come across as genuine and authentic. And I think that's the that, that's the key to this and, and, and bring some joy. I mean, unfortunately, the world that we live in today is kind of stressful and traumatic and there needs to be a little bit of a mental break there. And and being a podcaster is a big responsibility. I mean, to it's a massive responsibility, you know, right. and you're, you're leaning into it a lot there by talking about the personality and, and, and how you bring people back to your show time and time again. And a lot of people get confused thinking that my brand is the red hat. And the red hat is not necessarily the brand. It's really just that identifying (laughs) trademark. It's what people see. It's what makes me stand out in a crowd and it it draws attention. But the brand is everything that's underneath it. And, you know, shameless. I would hope so. Yeah, Um, 100%. Yeah, because it doesn't say uh, Larry Roberts across the, the front of it. It's just no. a, a blank. I mean, because most hats have like a logo on them, right? Well, Robin, it, you're, you're going right down the path of how the red hat was even born. 
because right. it, it was an accident. This was not intentional. I, I, I don't want to take any credit for this because I was actually speaking in Tampa, Florida at PodFest Origins, which was a smaller version of a podcast conference. It was, it was a, like a small PodFest. It was in November. And uh, I had gone on stage and I was wearing a Supreme hat. And Supreme is a lifestyle brand that all those wacky kids are wearing. And I was trying to relate to, you know, uh, some of the younger members of the audience. And Supreme, everything that they make, it's red. And then just in big white letters, it just says Supreme across whatever it may be. And I came off stage and a mutual friend of ours, Alex Sanfilippo, he and I, we love to give each other a hard time when we speak. It's just for fun. You know, we just kind of poke at each other a little bit. And we went through our regular exchanges. And he goes, but seriously, why are you wearing that Supreme hat? And I go, well, you know, I'm just trying to relate. I'm an old dude trying to relate to a younger audience. He goes, that's great, but are they paying you? And I said, no, of course they're not paying me. I'm a middle-aged white male. They're not going to sponsor me. And he goes, then don't wear their merch. He goes, but I love the red because, as you know, Rob, I'm a fairly tall guy. You're you're taller than me, but I'm still up there, you know, in the 6'3"-ish range. And Mm -hmm. I I weigh in at about 230, 240 from time to time, and I'm loud. And that red hat on top of my big dome – just stands out in a crowd and people can pinpoint me. He goes, so I love that for you. So I went home from that conference. I tossed that $100 hat to the side, jumped on Amazon, bought a $6 unbranded flat-billed hat, cocked it 15 degrees to the right, and the red hat was born. So that's how it actually happened. I mean, uh, red is a very powerful color, I know. Back when I owned a restaurant, I I decided what color I was going to put on the front of my restaurant, right, up on the side of the building, and I was I was always told to pick the color red because it it it's the color that stands out the most. Yeah, and yeah. actually is vibrant and it also transmits a feeling of of warmth and emotion and passion. Um, and so that color is so. I mean, that's why Ferraris are typically red. Is that right? It's a it's a performance. It's got <laughs> it, it, it's it's got it's sexy, right? I, I, think I love how you went to Ferrari. Too, right? You went to Ferrari, and I'm sitting here thinking Pizza Hut. So, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to go there, but it just seems like, like that there's such, you know, that color just is so, you know, I, I saw you do this and I thought, boy, could I do the same thing? But I, I'm like going, I can't do a red hat that that'd be copying uh, Larry. I can't do that. I can't do a blue hat because it's not going to stand out. So it's like. You own that, dude. I appreciate that, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> so, so anyway, we should probably and you know, so let's talk r- really quick before we yeah. jump into the technology piece. But um, how would you say that you've been able to capture so much attention beyond the Red Hat? Right. Um, I mean, I know that you've been at a lot of conferences, and I know you've really, really been out in front of people in the in person and in the real yeah. world. Yeah. And and I've always been a huge fan of that. But do you think that that's the other key is that, you know, and then that red hat shows up and everybody just beelines over to you because they they saw the red hat? Yeah, um, I, I you know, obviously the branding is a lot, a lot of it. But I think a lot of it, too, is the fact that I'm just out there. I'm out there and I'm willing to talk to people and I'm willing to share. And I've always shared very authentically. You know, we hear that used all the time that when we're building, yeah, Red Hat Linux. Yes, Linux, IBM also has a Red Hat. But 
on a side note, theirs is a fedora. Mine's a ball cap. So there's <laughs> there's, there's some differentiation there. But uh, what I was going with there was that... There's a difference without much of a distinction, I guess, might be the way of putting that. <laughs> there right? you go. There you go. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and with my IT background, I knew it existed. I knew it. But I, it's, it's, I'm still Red Hat Media. But anyways, I'm getting getting off on a tangent here. But I appreciate that you recognize that. I, I don't remember who it was. But uh, I think it's just that authenticity and that approachability. Uh, I love talking to people. I love hanging out with people. I love podcasting. I love content creation and all aspects of it. So it's just... It's just I love being out there around people. So I think that that people see that, and I've been told that I'm approachable, and so it, it just yeah. it just it just works. Um, and, and again, it's because that's my authentic self. That's who I am. And you know, it's it's kind of interesting because it, it took me several years to get to this point, but I was always trying to fit into a podcasting mold. I was always trying to fit into, well, I see Gary Vaynerchuk's doing it this way, and that's the way you got to do it to be successful. Or Joe Rogan does it this way, so that's the way I got to do it to be successful. And that's not the way to do it to be successful because I tried all of that, and guess what? It all failed miserably. I even went down the John Lee Dumas route, and I literally copied because, you know, JLD, he had a reputation for using the same questions in every interview that he did on his podcast. So mm-hmm. I, I may have borrowed all 10 of those <laughs> questions and tried them for a time as well. And it, it did not work. So all of that failure led me down the path of going, dude, just be you. And yeah. once you start being you, it's, it's almost like it's the glue, you know? Yeah, it is. And it, that's what people are searching for today is people that they can trust and people that are authentic and that are saying things that actually make sense. You know, this is a crazy world that we're in right now. And, and it's, you know, especially in the content creation side, uh, you know, back when I started with this, there, there wasn't really anybody doing this, but now, now everybody's doing it. And, and that's, that's a good thing, but it's also presents some challenges for content creators to stand out in the crowd. And I think that your strategy there, is there any other, you know, con- conceptual aspects of that red hat that you can apply to other aspects of personal branding? Well, there's a ton. And again, I want to say that it's everything that's underneath it. It's the sincerity. It's the commitment to excellence. It's the genuine interest in the people that I'm working with, the people that I'm even just talking to at conferences. Uh, It's the the time and energy and effort that I put into every talk when I'm on stage. Uh, It's a commitment to making sure that people walk away with value from every interaction that they have with me and my brand. If they meet with me and they realize, oh, this guy's just got this hat, but he doesn't know what he's talking about, there, there's no value there. So there's no trust there. There's no faith there. There's no, there, you, you miss out on that no like trust factor. So right. I give them the opportunity to know me, then ideally <laughs> they're going to like me. It doesn't happen all the time. But once they you have that know and that like, you have that opportunity to earn that trust. And that's what goes way above and beyond anything that a red hat or any other brand or logo yeah. or 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 identifying marker may be. Yeah. And I think it's, it's um, doing something a little different. It's doing something um, that could be seen as, as not just like everybody else. Right. And I think a yeah. good example is even the, the thumbnail that, that I have for this show, what kind of has the, the depth to, to the name um, there. I, I can't t- take credit for coming up with that idea. It was the StreamYard team that helped me out with that. But, but just you know, adding some depth and adding some um, differences, uh, I think, helps as well. And I think that this is the challenge that we all have is, you know, how is the content different? How can we? And I think as I'm looking at this, um, you know, this type of a platform is, is how 
you stand out and how you do things differently is, is being able to display people's comments on the screen while you're doing the show. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I definitely want to tell everybody that's listening to this. I, I appreciate all the comments I've been throwing up, up on the screen. If you're listening to just the audio of this and you can't see this, I've been displaying lots and lots of, you know, welcome, hello, you know, confirmation of the things that we're actually talking about in this show. And I think that's such a powerful thing. And as we move in kind of to the next phase of this program, where we're going to talk uh, a little deeper about AI technology, um, I definitely want to hear your questions about that because um, I will pull back and try and answer some of these questions as we move through this, because there's lots of details here that we need to kind of clarify on sometimes. I, I think both of us have been engulfed in this <laughs> enough over the last year or so that we could skip over perceptions, especially for people that don't really clearly understand what's going on here. So um, let's let, let's plan on doing this. But I'm going to throw up a, a, another comment. Um, you know, um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's another comment here. It says, always battling with nerves. Um, and appreciate the, the advice on that. And I think um, live is a challenge for some people, if that's what you're referring to, is that the the kind of nerves of of being able to actually pull off a, a live show and be able to manage it and do all the bells and whistles. This is only my fourth episode of, of doing this myself all alone. I, I don't have any staff support to produce this, this, this show. And it's really a testament to the StreamYard tools um, to, to be able to pull something like this off. So I, I'm, I'm lucky and I'm happy to be here with you. And I certainly want to, you know, hear your questions. So Larry, let's just jump right into it here. Um, Yeah. I know that you're embracing technology and I'm, I'm working as hard as I can to embrace kind of the evolution of this into podcasting. You've been doing that for many years, but AI is kind of a unique opportunity in podcasting. And I think it's still a little early days, um, you know, but, how do you think just kind of looking at it from a 60,000 foot view, how do you, how, how much do you think podcasting is impacting podcasting right now? Uh, did you mean AI is impacting podcasting right Correct. now? Okay. Correct. Uh, I mean, it's making a significant impact. And honestly, we're not even a year into this social experiment of AI. You know, Chad GPT dropped November 20th of last year. So we're coming up on one year, but we're just over 11 months into this thing. We've already seen Tremendous strides in the way that content's being created. There are a variety of platforms out there already that you can simply upload your episode. And within seconds, you've got titles for the episode. You've got show notes for the episode. You've got micro content for the episode. You've got highlights for the episode. You've got blog posts for the episode. You've got all of this content. And simply by uploading your MP3, boom, it's done. Thanks to the power of AI. And, and that's without any creative effort on your part beyond just doing your podcast. So just from that perspective, there's opportunities to streamline your workflow. Uh, one of the biggest struggles that I see with podcasters today is people start a podcast and they don't really realize how much work goes into producing a show week after week after week after week. And yeah. I think that's one of the biggest reasons that we see people pod fade so early into their podcast careers is because once that workload hits, they're just overwhelmed. Most podcasters right. have careers, they have jobs, they have families, yep. they may actually have other hobbies. <laughs> and when they're hit with this, they go, oh my gosh, there's no way I can have this podcast and still have my other life. But with these AI tools that are dropping now, and I see you've listed uh, quite a few of them here. 
with a lot of these AI tools that streamlines this workflow, saves you exponential amounts of time and really gives you the ability to create high quality content and still have a life outside of your podcast. Yeah. So what I'm showing here is a list of AI company um, platforms that are supporting podcasting right now. And actually I got this list out of chat GPT. So they basically already know all the companies out there that um, are offering services to podcasters and they have a little description about what they do right, right next to it. So you know, that's the power of, of these platforms, too, is to help you kind of find these tools. And w- what I want to kind of evolve into in this conversation is how all of these companies, like, you know, I've got like 40 or 50 here um, wow. just at, at the top. And I'm sure there, there there's more. Oh, there um, probably is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and there's ones that y- you would not automatically think of um, out there that could do something to help podcasters, but they're not actively marketing themselves as platforms that could support podcasting. But, but you know, like even a chat, a GPT doesn't really promote that they're great for podcasters. So it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, you have to keep an eye on this stuff. And to get back to what you were saying before, it's like podcasters only have so much time, you know, and you think about what they're producing and they're publishing and they're trying to monetize and they're trying to market and promote and stuff. And AI for many podcasters has just been a huge kind of time drain because they're out there trying new things. They're trying to test this. They're trying to get transcripts. They're analyzing their audio. And that takes time away from the production side and the promotion side to test all these platforms. It can definitely be a distraction. That's for sure. Yeah. And so I just wanted to show, I didn't want to spend a lot of time in the, in this list, but there just know that if, I mean, I'm sure you can get a list like this. You even do a, do a search in Google or Bing or one of the search engines and it'll help you find all the ones that are out there, but there's a lot of them out there. But my concern with all of these startup companies is that increasingly, and we start, and I wanted to talk next about the, the announcement that was made, uh, around the improvements to chat GPT, you know, um, and what that means too. And let me pull that up here next. And, and, and what that could mean to all these startups that are out there, right. As chat GPT gets better and has more capabilities and generating artwork and creating descriptions and summaries and stuff like that, there's less of a need to use these, these kind of more verticalized kind of AI tools out there. I don't know what you think about that. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because while all these these tools, I'm sure they all serve their own individualized and very, um, very focused purpose. I've always been the guy that's really just focused on ChatGPT. Now, don't get me wrong. I've curated a list of my favorite podcasting AI tools as well, and I've put those yeah. in several of my presentations. But I've always just remained true to chat GPT because in my personal opinion, they're the front runner. I mean, yeah. they, they, they were first to market. They've been around since 2015. They're not playing catch up to any other platform. Everybody that we're looking at now, whether it be Bing or whether it be Bard or whether it be uh, uh, the list goes on and on, uh, they're playing catch up to chat GPT. A yep. lot of these applications that you just showed on that list there, a lot of them use the chat GPT API or application program interface to build their platform. 
Yeah, all so they're, they're really using doing. Chat, chat you, GPT is the source of the queries for their results. Right? 100%. So they're right. taking chat GPT, they're slapping another skin on it, and they're narrowing the focus of the functionality of their app, and then they're publishing it as their own app. And that's great. I mean, that's that's amazing because that takes a lot of the guesswork out of trying to get the quality results that we're looking for. I mean, if you're looking for show notes and you're looking for episode titles, using a tool that's specifically designed to deliver those results is much more streamlined and easier to use potentially than mm-hmm. understanding how to prompt ChatGPT or command right. ChatGPT to give you similar results takes a little more skill to be able to write those prompts properly to get the results that you're looking for for a lot of your content. And that's where a lot of frustration comes into play for some of these users and goes back to kind of what you were alluding to in the fact that people end up spending a lot of time trying to learn how to use these tools, which really distracts from their podcast workflow instead of enhancing their podcast workflow. Yeah, because I've done a lot of that myself and I've been frustrated because it's like here I am spending all this time I'm trying all these tools, but I'm not getting episodes out the door. Right. Right. So it's, it's because I'm, I'm trying to find efficiencies with what I'm doing. And the only way that you can really do that is by trying these things and see how they work. And what I've increasingly found is that these specialized kind of startup companies that are doing this, the output isn't really fitting what I'm anticipating um, I, I would want, right? So right. it puts puts me in a situation that maybe it helps me 70%, but I still have to do 30% of it because I want to customize it. I, I, I want it to be more what I, I thought the content was and what I was intending to be. And that also applies to trying to publish your description, your, you know, your description summaries, as well as uh, if you want to take that content and generate a um, article for, let's say, your website or something like that. Sure. Um, and and I think that that takes human intervention. And I think that's the phase that we're we're in. And I I just wonder what's your thought on are we always going to be in that phase? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because I do I, I do a lot of speaking here in Texas for the state board of education and several yeah. ISDs around the the state, and that's a huge concern. Because they're wondering, what's the impact of AI on education? So what's the impact of AI on a variety of different industries? So I I speak to that from time to time as well. And that's the concern. Is AI going to replace what we do? Is it going to replace our jobs? Is it going to replace our creative efforts? Uh, Not for the foreseeable future. We we have to keep in mind that, and I use this reference quite a bit, ChatGPT is a brilliant toddler. It has a ton of answers, and even more so now that ChatGPT has been updated. You know, previously, its data set was only good through 2021. As of this latest iteration that rolled out this week, it's good through April of 2023. Plus, it has direct access to the Internet now. So, really, it's it's got access to the most relevant and current data that's out there. But it still doesn't understand emotion. It still doesn't understand context. It still doesn't understand cultural. It still doesn't understand accessibility for everybody. So right. you're you're not going to be able to overcome those gaps, at least not for the foreseeable future. So you're always going to have that human element. And that's what we have to keep in mind, especially right. as creators, as educators, as employers. We have to keep in mind that these tools aren't being designed to replace anybody. They're being right. designed to enhance and help and streamline and increase efficiencies. And yeah. AI is not going to replace anybody. And I'm not the first person to say this next line, but the people that learn how to use AI are going mm-hmm. to replace 
other people. So that's what you have to be concerned about. It's not something mm-hmm. that we can sweep under a rug. And I see Brooklyn Beauty Beach there saying AI has no soul. That's yeah. 100% correct. It has no soul. And we can't replace that. So are we well, always going to need human well, maybe intervention? Not yet. Maybe but, not yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, they are talking that AGI is just around the corner, which is, you know, a right. whole different. We're talking, we're, we're talking generative AI right now, which right. using AI helps generate an output based on your prompt or your input. But mm-hmm. artificial general intelligence, that's, that's a whole where the other. that's where the AI is able to correct itself and learn from its mistakes on its own without human intervention. Mm-hmm. Now, that's where it starts to get a little spooky. So, right. I mean, that, you know, that's the that's how, you know, the Space Odyssey 2001, which it's it's so weird because I, I literally just saw an article yesterday where if you go back and you watch a Space Odyssey, the astronauts are eating their one of their meals and they're watching a small thin device that looks just like an iPad. Yeah, I mean, it no, looks no, exactly I, like I totally I totally re- remember that. I so was sitting at like a like an eating table or something. Yeah, they like were sitting that. like at a, a space above. picnic table or something. Yeah, the shot was right. from above and they're watching them on these little flat device looks just like an iPad. So right. that prediction is kind of spooky, but it gets a little spookier when you go, "Oh, well, how how ended up killing everybody so 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 <laughs> that's when it gets really spooky but yeah. we're still a ways off from agi we don't have anything today that is real agi at least not that's available to the public or that we know about um probably the closest thing we have right now would be tesla's autopilot and because it's taking real-time information from a variety of different inputs and different types of inputs and then right. having to go through and process that and make data-driven, informed decisions to keep that car on the road and keep you and everybody around you safe. So that's probably the closest thing we have right now to AGI. Yeah, I think the 12.0 version of the full self-driving for, for Tesla was demonstrated online uh, probably about a month ago or so. Mm-hmm. And that that is the first. Um, or that's the coming version that will be based on vision only. So there won't be any code behind this. It's all going to be learning based on visual information. Yep. Yep. And so guess what humans do? We navigate yeah. the world through visual information plus our sensors, hearing, smelling, um, tasting, all those things. Touching, th- yeah. Those are other aspects of the Tesla vehicle too that – are inputting those and guess what Tesla's building is a humanoid robot. So you can kind of see where that might going. If, if vision will be the way that um, autonomous um, objects navigate the world, they're, they're trying to replicate a neural network, which is like what humans have is a neural network. Elon's trying to get volunteers right now for the, for the chip to get plugged in. I'm like, I'm going to pass right. on that, but right. but yeah, he's looking for volunteers now for, for the study. It's crazy. Yeah. So as we look at AI technology today, um, you know, I know that there's, you know, the open AI um, kind of platform right now. And I would say, like you said, that's the leader of this. And I wanted to show that it, for those that haven't seen that. Um, and it does seem like th- this is a race to build the most feature capable platform. Um, and, uh, chat GPT is currently is in the lead, but I, I do know that X, which is Elon Musk's company with, uh, with formerly known as Twitter, mm-hmm. um, that company is, ha- has built an AI platform too, mm-hmm. um, um, called, um, Groke. It's at, uh, Groke, 
dot x dot ai and i can actually pull these sites up if i can find them on my screen here um this uh yeah i was going to show you um here let me show you groke first and then we can um hopefully that'll okay add to the stage now this was just announced um here the logo groke is behind my logo there but but it, you can go to this um, site right now and um, submit if you have a, I, I believe, a Twitter account to be able to get on the wait list to get access to this tool once it's fully released. I don't know that we really know what this is capable of. I, I, I think there's a lot of people in the industry that are speculating that it's it's lesser than where chat GPT is. So it's a, it, like I said, it, it's all a race. Right. You know, from from what I know of Grok and I have or Grok, I don't even know how to say it properly, Grok, honestly. Right. Uh, but from the the way I've I've read about it, uh, it's more of a proof of concept for Elon and X at this stage more than anything. Uh, it, right. it, it's <laughs> I saw a meme just uh, I think it was yesterday or day before, and it had John Daly, who's a golfer, who's you know he's known for partying and being wild and crazy, and then standing next to him was like Tiger Woods, and on the back of Tiger Woods was the Chat GPT logo. And over John Daly was the Grok or Grok logo, so it's like right. it, you know, it's just the it's the party animal version of of a large language model. So I wanted to bring up here on the screen too what uh, Bard looks like, and th this is the AI platform for Google. And yep. I I pre filled a little query here um, to define the application areas for AI and podcasting, just as a query, and let's see what it creates here it's probably going to be hard to read because the text will be too small but um it was very quick i mean i have to say that it pulled up uh results pretty pretty fast uh on this and it comes up with a bulleted list uh content creation brainstorming ideas generating content which is something we haven't even talked about yet and creating synthetic voices which um on the voice clones, I've recently created a voice clone for for myself, and I wasn't <laughs> wasn't tr wasn't tremendously impressed by it yet. But what, what platform did you use? Just out of curiosity, I did it on the the Overdud uh, platform with Descript. Um, okay, okay. But I do think that there's probably some other ones out there that um, I haven't played around with too much yet. But I do think that there's an application for that. Uh, I think currently it's more around um, editing. Um, type of functionality, but increasingly we're going to see content completely created uh, based on having a voice clone. Like I could, I could, um, you know, and what's interesting about this is that you could voice a episode of a podcast and mm -hmm. then pull a transcript of it and then run it through a voice clone platform and regenerate the episode in multiple languages yep. and, and, and it would be entirely clean. Um, it wouldn't have ums and ahs or anything like that. But the question is, is are you going to sound like a robot? So that's the that's where it is right now. But it is an interesting paradigm to to think about. It says, uh, you know, on this this result, it says production and editing, transcription, um, and also distribution and monetization. I was going to talk about that later in the episode too, how AI could help with the distribution approach to a podcast and help with the monetization of it too. I can see that stuff coming into play. And 
I mean, we're seeing increased use of um, brand safety and suitability platforms that are utilizing AI. And, and that's kind of a, you know, it's a little bit of a Trojan horse kind of entry into content moderation for podcasting. Um, but it's, it's something that's there and it's coming. It hasn't been integrated into any of these um, large language models yet. Um, but that's, that's an aspect of this, but it just runs through all, all the stuff. And then it lists a couple of the major platforms that are, that are supporting some AI. Uh, so that's, that's barred for you. And, and I, I, I think it's a viable platform too. I don't know if Bard can generate graphics or, or, or images. I, I haven't played around with it with that. Do you happen to know? No, it does not do image, any kind of image generation. And and that's one of the things that, you know, with chat GPT's latest rollout, it's yeah. interesting to have it integrated into chat GPT now. Yeah, no, exactly. And I have a little, little demo I wanted to show on that process. I've, I've already pre-filled out a, a, a query in chat GPT right now. And you can see the image that I generated uh, just, just a couple days ago for the new media show that I do. Um, so that's based on a prompt. And so I'm in here and I can just, uh, hopefully I hit the right little icon here. Um, let's see here. Is that the right icon? Okay. So I, I prompted it to generate an image in, in, in relation, our system has detected unusual activity from your system. Please try Ooh, again. Rob, what have you been doing? I don't know. I didn't <laughs> think I was doing anything. It could be uh, that I'm, I'm streaming this live and maybe they don't like that. I don't uh, know. They, they may be down. I know over the past couple of days, they've been having some issues. Um, I'm just checking now because I get their emails when they go down. Doesn't appear to be down at the moment. Maybe just refresh it and try it again. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. All right. There we go. So, okay. It, it says it's creating images now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So let's see what it c- comes up with. Uh, it's oh. prompted for an image about this particular episode. It says error creating image. Hmm. It's probably well, going, I have no idea who Larry Roberts is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like who? It seems an issue with thumbnail uh, at the moment recommend trying again later. So here I, I prompted it again. Um, it says creating image. So if it won't do it, I'll just quit here and we'll move on. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I just wrote a basic query. I said, uh, generate a YouTube. Nah, it's not going to do it for me. Um, so something is wrong, but this gives you an example. Um, you can actually prompt it to add text to the image. And if you give it a little bit of context to what the topics of the show is, it'll, it'll pull in graphics and images. You can't give it any kind of a real image, like a photograph or anything like that and have it put it on the image. So these, these three guys are obviously, um, none of them are me. So, (laughs) so, and it, it just lost it for some reason. So I'm going to stop. Uh, they may be having, yeah. They may be having some connectivity issues right now. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so anyway, I'm going to stop this for a second here. Okay. But, but so you can prompt it to kind of create a visual context to what your, um, what your topic was in the program and then add text to it. And it seems to do a, do a pretty good job as you saw on the screen there. 
um, of actually doing that. Have you played around with the images part of this? Um, I have. I've played with where? it enough to go, wow, I'm canceling my mid-journey subscription. So well, I, that that's perfect because that, that that's what my the, the big thing I wanted to say was is that these these very specialized AI platforms are going to be replaced by these these bigger yeah. platforms. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you know, Midjourney was the standout. They were the industry leader when yeah. it came to AI image generation. But I've never been a big proponent up until recently of AI image generation because while AI is able was able to create really cool images, they weren't really functional. And right. they they always struggled with, I mean, they never could render an image of me with glasses. Glasses always threw it off. Fingers always tend to throw, throw it off. Even arms and legs. Sometimes you'd get an image back with three arms or four legs. And it was just, you couldn't rely on it for anything. So I never invested a whole lot of time in it. Because again, yeah. it was very cool, but just not really applicable. Now, here we are once again coming up on the one-year anniversary of all this fun stuff. We're starting to see, and you just saw right there where that image that you generated for the three of you, while it didn't look like you guys, it looked like three male figures. The text was was readable. It was real words. It was done extremely well, very well crafted, very easy to see exactly what that was. And it was a usable thumbnail. So yeah. with that, um, I've kind of jumped on, on the bandwagon of AI image generation now that we're at that point where it's applicable. Another place that I use it a lot is in Photoshop. You know, Photoshop, uh, Adobe Firefly was their image generation platform, but now they've integrated AI into Photoshop itself. And man, it it takes image generation and image updates to the very next level. Oh, you got it to work there. Yeah. Yeah. It actually came up with a search result. I, I, I prompted it in another window and it came up with that for this episode. I wish I so, looked like that. That's a pretty handsome fella. <laughs> well, he didn't have a red hat on. What's going no, on? No, but I, I like how they did all the red in the background, though. So that's, you know. Yeah, they, that's true. That's yeah, yeah kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I'd take that. <laughs> but it's, you know, you can tell it to create a square podcast art, and it yep. will generate this. And it, it really gets back to how you prompt it and what you tell it to do. And it actually has your name on there. It says... Larry Roberts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Larry Roberts. It's spelled correctly. Every, and, and again, this goes back to what I was saying and that before uh, AI image generation. Well, and oh, I just noticed podcast is misspelled. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of that kind of derailed my 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 stance there. Right. Typically speaking, the text is much more functional than it ever has been before. At least it's close. It's got your name right. Featuring is spelled right. My name's spelled right. So, you know, it, it, it got a 95 on its spelling B. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm asking it to regenerate a, a new image um, with podcasts spelled correctly. And I've had this, uh, this AI tell me, um, um, sorry oh, yeah. for the mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see if it actually uh, corrects it. See here if it'll actually correct it and generate a new version of it that will have the the name spelled correctly. So that's the I've almost always had to do that at least once. I, I don't know about you, you know, if I give it a prompt, and I was very clear in the prompt too. Yeah, uh, and, and the spelling was correct in the uh, prompt, but it it still struggled. Um, you know, where I had to ask it repeated times, but. In the past, I had to tell it like five or six times to fix things. 
now it's really, you know, only once that I've had to tell it. So, okay. So this is another example where it actually <laughs> brings up a little, I mean, you can see that every time you make a query, they, it's not the same image. It's not like it right. take the first same image that created and, and now it, now, now it has, Greenlee. it's called Larry Greenlee that's in there. <laughs> so, so as you can see, things are still not, you know, perfect with this stuff. So we're, we're still, and I was very clear in here, um, in the talk text prompt, what, what I was looking for. So there's still some improvement to be had sure. here. And I think this is, this has been a perfect example. I couldn't have asked for a better example of what, <laughs> what my hilarious. experience has been with this. Well, and that's why typically I still don't even rely on it for text. I'll usually generate an image. And if I want text, typically I'll either take that image and I'll put it in Canva if I just want to throw some text on it real quick, or I'll take that image, put it in Photoshop or Illustrator and finish it off with doing whatever I want to do. Um, but, but it, but yeah, uh, on this ahead. one here, it actually got it all correct. Yeah. Now, yeah. The, the spacing of the letters on the show part were a little weird, but um, other than yeah. that, it, it had all of our names spelled correctly. Uh, even had the guests that I had on the show spelled correctly. So, you know, granted, um, those aren't us, the, the guys standing there, but, but it creates a fun image for YouTube, right? Yeah. So yeah. People don't really care what we look like. I mean, <laughs> we look like anybody. Right. So, so anyway, I think it's, a, you know, it's interesting, you know, that, that, that is the, the case here, but I think we've been kind of enthralled in our AI stuff, but I, I wonder if we've got any questions that have come in subsequent here. Um, so let's see, I should probably hide the current comments and then uh, it's just a lot of, thank you so much for all the well wishes on, on the show here and, and thanking us for being here and, and sharing this information with, with you. And, and I just appreciate you being here and, and, um, and listening, be, being willing to listen to what we have to say. And, and, you know, hopefully we can bring some value to help save you time in your efforts around trying to embrace AI here, because it is, you know, I, I, be honest, I've probably wasted too much time um, with AI tools, but it's also, <laughs> as you can see, what you go through sometimes when you use these is that the human intervention part still is required. So, yeah. you know, there the potential of these is pretty amazing, but it's also, you know, they come up with problems too, right? That you have to fix somehow. And sometimes you can't fix them and you just got to move on and you just wasted a half an hour trying to play with it. So um, that's the, that's that's the downside to it, but it does get back to the prompts, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Everything that we do, especially within ChatGPT, it's all about the prompts, uh, and and that's that's one of the benefits of some of the more specialized tools that are out there. Is you don't have to be a prompt engineer to use them. So, I mean, that's kind of the one of the upsides of using some of the specialty tools where they may have chat GPT on the back end, but they've already taken care of the prompting and you don't necessarily have to know how to prompt to get the results that you're looking for. You know, going back to some of the podcasting platforms that are out there, you just upload your content and it does all of the rest for you with little to no prompting whatsoever. So that, that, that really streamlines the process for a lot of people. Yeah. So, as you think about it, just from your own experience, and I can talk about my experiences too, but where's the best place to use these tools in your podcast? Is it in the pre-production part or do you think it's in the post-production part? Because we're still kind of, 
in the production side, we're still not there yet. And on the distribution and monetization side, we're nowhere with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it there at yeah. all, really, at this stage. I mean, yeah, you can, you can leverage a, a chat GPT type tool to do some industry analysis and do some market analysis for your audience that is specific to your podcast to give you some ideas where you could run some targeted ads or potentially look for sponsorship opportunities based on some of the data that you've accumulated over the X amount of time that you've been running your show. Uh, but aside from that, there, there's not a lot there as of yet, at least not to my knowledge. I use yeah. it primarily on the front end. I, I use it for idea pre, generation. On for, the pre, pre-production side. Well, right. and I, I say it, we primarily do. We use it on the back end too because we use yeah. AI for everything as far as our titles go, as far yeah. as our show notes go, as far as blog posts go. Now, Sarah, she is very a talented writer. So she takes some of the ideas that she gets from ChatGPT and some of the ideas that we get from some of these blog posts that are generated, and then she humanizes them. So we definitely use it in, in, in on both ends. I mean, there's probably not a session, a recording session that we have where we don't go, okay, what's our subject this week? Well, let's talk about this. Okay, well, what does Chad GPT have to say about that? Let's get some ideas about this. So we use it for that ideation, and but we don't use it to the point of, and, and I even saw it there in Bard. Bard said that it could write scripts for your podcasts. Mm-hmm. I, we don't use it to that extent whatsoever. We don't use it for writing scripts. I never have. Um, I've demonstrated how you could use it for writing scripts for like reels uh, and, and short form content. But right. I think you'd have a very, very difficult time getting any real quality content uh, in a long form version out of out of a, an AI tool at this point. Yeah, and it's not really very good at, um, I guess, a, coming up with a, with somewhat of a unique voice. It It tends to be a little generic. In its use of language, and and if you have a certain personality, you need to apply that. And well, and you've got and that opportunity right. now with custom instructions. And I don't know if you've played with custom instructions much on no, ChatGPT. No, I haven't yet. It's amazing, and it will take your interaction with ChatGPT literally to the next level. And it's available to both paid and unpaid subscribers to ChatGPT. So even if you're on the free version, you can still set up your custom instructions and you will see a significant difference in the output that ChatGPT provides because it always takes into account the custom instructions before it gives you a response, even above and beyond your prompting. So when you say custom instructions, are you talking about um, having like an emotion filter or a a kind of a perspective filter of some sort that a per- you know. perspective tonality, uh, the way it responds. If you go into your settings in chat GPT, you go into your account in the bottom left-hand corner, click on your account. You'll see a, a, a menu that pops up. And in that menu, it'll say custom instructions mm-hmm. in those custom instructions. There's two different text boxes that give you 1500 characters to establish who you are, what your goals are and what type of content you're creating or how you want to use chat GPT. Then in that mm-hmm. second text box, it's how you want ChatGPT to respond. And there's a variety of different parameters that you can use in both those boxes. And once you establish your personality by leveraging those two text boxes, you'll see a significant difference in the output from ChatGPT. So I use that for a lot of blog post writing. I have a, a book coming out in the next couple of weeks called Under the Red Hat. little shameless plug there, but I'll tell you right now, 90% of it was written with ChatGPT. It's 12 chapters. It's going to be between 135 and 150 pages long, depending on the format of the book. And what I did was after building those custom instructions, I wrote the book using prompts in ChatGPT all about branding with the Red Hat. And I did it in about, I don't know, six hours. 
And then I went back through each chapter and I added my own personal stories, my own personal anecdotes. So within the span of about a day and a half's worth of work, I wrote an entire book. So, and it sounds like it's in my voice and it wouldn't have been possible had I done it without the custom instructions or teaching Chad GPT how to talk in my voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that, that's the, that's the new skill, right? I I think that's, that's probably going to wind up being the new career (laughs) is, is being able to properly, um, you know, get what you need out of these AI platforms for your, your job or your role at your company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people have been worried about, you know, job replacement. Like you said, I, I think the job replacement is going to be people that are knowledgeable about AI are, are replacing you, not just because it's some, it's entirely replacing a role though, that there is going to be certain jobs that are going to be less needed. Oh, sure. Sure. Right. So I, I wanted to also mention that I'm going to have a drawing at the end, toward, toward the end and coming up very quickly here. Um, and I've been capturing some entries in here because obviously some of the people who've been listening to this have um, known that uh, th- there's a typical way that we do this. So I've got some in here. But if you wanted to enter um, into your comment field, um, um, kind of like uh, that kind of uh, not pound sign. Yeah, it's pound sign. Uh, the yard, um, then you can enter the the drawing to get um, some swag. So, so we go hashtag the yard, and we're 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 in the drawing. Correct. Oh, I'm in the comment YouTube. field. I'm going to YouTube right now. And so you, so I was going to show you in here what the items that that are in the Streamyard store that that are there, and my plan was to to give away a, a mug and a sweatshirt. So like uh, this, I don't know if you can see my cursor, but the, the sweatshirts up in the upper, upper part of the screen on the right there. And then the, the mug is down just next level down below. So, so if you can enter into the drawing, then I can, I can pull that and see who wins. But, um, Let's let's go ahead and I will switch screens here and I I will show that. But I do oh. have it it looks like there is a question in here. Uh okay, so this viewer is watching from Washington DC. We we are um boy the text using StreamYard for more than 2 years now and it's user friendly, more user friendly than other platforms. So so I appreciate that. Thank you for the comment. And then I see we we have the yard coming in quickly. So the entries are growing and and, and building here. And I totally appreciate that. Oh, so look at Ashley getting in there. Let's go, Ashley. Yeah. So so I think uh, it's hashtag the yard all together, all mushed together, not separated. So I I would change that if you want to get in the drawing. Uh, Brooklyn, was it Brooklyn Beauty? Brooklyn so, Beauty Beach. Right. So they're all coming in here. Uh, and let's see here. It's the next one here. Okay. So let's go ahead and do do the drawing. I want to play a little bit. I think what they were talking about doing possibly is uh, playing some exciting, you know, kind of like 
prize winning music here, but I don't think they've added that quite yet. So, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's coming in the next upgrade, I, I, I believe, but I'm going to play a, play a little bit of music here behind this. So we can at least have some, some music here. If this part here, eh, well, let's go ahead and pull the cord. See who wins. Oh, look at them all. Oh, I saw I need a Sonya in there. <laughs> all right, Michael. Bascom? Yeah. Congratulations. You're the winner of a, of a StreamYards picture and a mug. So thank you so much for entering the Very stream. cool. Yeah. So we have a lot of fun with this. Picture. We can go up Around for the end of the show. But StreamYard does have, before I move ahead, Mike will send me an email um, with your contact information and I will get you um, in contact with the team, the StreamYard team, and we'll get you out your, uh, your swag as soon as possible. So, I'll get the email into them tomorrow and and get you that out there so you you, you can have it for the cold weather that's coming. <laughs> so so anyway, well thank you and um, let's go ahead and I wanted to mention too that there is a um, a store at Streamyard for merch too. So if you just want to search for that, it's uh, it's there. I, I don't have the address for that, but I believe it's uh, store.streamyard.com. And th- there's other things in too that you just want to pick up, and they're very inexpensive. So, so if you wanted to pick up something yourself, you can certainly do that. So, I'm have to give me a Streamyard hoodie. You know, I'm the hoodie yeah, guy. I yeah. love my hoodie, so I got to give yeah. me a Streamyard hoodie. <laughs> so I think did, did we cover pretty much everything? I think we did. Yeah, man, I think we did a good job. We gave, we gave a nice overview and, and showed several of the tools. I th- hopefully that people got some insights into uh, how they can start leveraging AI for a variety of different applications and how they can maybe streamline some of their content creation with uh, with some of these AI tools that are out there. So, yeah, so I did pull up on the screen here um, the Bing application. I don't know if, I mean, I think a lot of people haven't used the Bing application Um for AI stuff, but this is also plugged into chat uh, GPT too. Um, and I'm going to give it a little query and see what, uh, comes up. It doesn't look like it's pasting here. So let me copy. I'm going to see if it'll generate artwork like, uh, like the, the regular chat GPT. See here. Okay. So I, I gave it the same query. Oh, it says it oh, can. A- okay. Yeah, Bing can analyze images, but it can't generate images. Yeah, and that's an aspect that we hadn't really talked about. Is is you can upload media to it today, and it will analyze like uh, documents, uh, photographs, graphics, and things like that, and and interpret it. I've used it to take like podcast cover art and and give me an interpretation of what that cover art. Uh, feeling is right. Oh, what that's kind of cool. Yeah, what a human would um, take away from looking at that, based on the colors, the graphics, the design, the facial ex- expressions, and try different versions of your uh, podcast artwork to um, to see what uh, what actually comes up with the search results um, 
that you want that that is brilliant your show right that is brilliant i have never thought about doing that but uh i'm actually if i'm walking away with one thing from this episode it's that right there so. <laughs> <laughs> well it's great to save the best uh tip to the very end right so larry thank you so much for for joining me here and and sharing so much joy and fun with your passion here because it's it's my passion too around podcasting yeah. and, I, and i appreciate all of you for spending an entire hour with us that's uh that's remarkable thank you so much <laughs> it's, it's been awesome being here rob i always enjoy talking to you but we're typically so busy at the conferences and i mean we were at podcast movement just a couple of months ago and we kept saying we got to talk as we would pass on the hall and we just right. we just never had that opportunity so i'm so glad that we had this opportunity here and i i, I appreciate it thank you so much yeah, and I I definitely want uh, you know to hear from you guys too. So uh, you know, send me an email. Uh, let let me know if you have any questions, comments about the episode. If you uh, want me to cover something else, and then also if you wanted to give Streamyard a try, if you're not currently using Streamyard, I have a promo code that's just streamyard.com forward slash Rob G. That'll give you a free trial and and a discount on your ongoing subscription if you choose to su- subscribe to Streamyard and use that platform. So, awesome. and then if if you wanted to follow me, I'm on X Twitter at Rob Greenley and have a website robgreenley.com as well. And so have and and a YouTube page too. I think that's that's a prerequisite here. You kind of have to have that. So. So thank you so much for spending time and and um, what what's the best way to find you, Larry? Is this it here? Uh, Red Hat Media IO, uh, Red Hat Media There you go. It's the first time I've ever said a website out loud. Uh, that, that'll get you to my website. Give you all the contact information there. You can find me on all the social media platforms. Uh, I'm I uh, the Larry Roberts on Instagram, the Larry Roberts on Facebook. Reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm literally everywhere. So just reach out. I'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, thank you to everybody that tuned in and those that are watching this on on demand too. Thank you so much. And join us Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And we will bring you another interesting episode of um, Podcast Tips with Rob Greenlee on on StreamYard. So thank you so much. And we're going to sign off now. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much.